0: Out there operating without any decent restraint, totally beyond any acceptable human conduct. CBR Street Gang opened by standing by, Robert. Charging a man with murder in this place was like handing out speeding tickets at the Indy 500. I want to welcome you to the program. JR is my name. The program is called Speaking Out America, where we talk about the really, really tough issues of the day in an honest and open, frank discussion. There is no such thing as political correctness on this program. Uh, I am here to improve your quality of thinking. I have a rich and deep philosophy that states that the only way, the only way that our society can continue to improve and the quality of living, the only way that it can get better for each and every one of us is through the quality of thinking. If we don't improve our quality of thinking as a species, then we are doomed to destroy ourselves. And that is the premise of this program, Speaking Out America, the podcast, the radio program through our partners over at CRN. We are online at speakingoutamerica.com. We have an email address now that we can give you. So if you have a question, we will be doing a lot of Q&A on this program. So wherever you are, whatever city you're in, uh, whatever town or country you are in, I want you to communicate with me, if there's something that I say that you don't agree with, uh, then you need to let me know, and I'm happy to answer any question. The email address is speakingoutamerica at gmail.com, speakingoutamerica at gmail.com. That's how you can get a hold of me anytime, and I will try to answer you quickly and responsibly. We got a great program today. We are going to explore a lot of different things, chief among them. The Senate sub-Senate committee hearings are underway on Thursday. We're finally, hopefully, hopefully, finally going to get to the bottom of COVID, where it came from. And then once we figure out the where and the how, we'll know who the who is. And we'll know what our role was in it. And I don't think that a lot of people are out of the fog, the sleep that we all fell under, the spell when we were dealing with the emotional trauma of the pandemic. There were days where I would, I I work, obviously I have a a home studio and and a business. I do a lot of consulting. And it was during that period when we had the two-week lockdown And as a 60 year old man, I'd never experienced anything even remotely similar to what we all experienced collectively in those dark days of the pandemic. And it was under the direction of Dr. Anthony Fauci. And I suspected from the very beginning that he was a compromised man. Uh, He's not even the kind of doctor you would see if you had a doctor patient relationship, he's an academic. He's always been an academic, and he has a very powerful man. I did not realize that during the 70s and 80s, he was also very influential in getting the, what do they call that, the spectrum for autism lowered so that more children could be treated for it, which led to the overprescription of drugs to treat ADHD for kids that are probably the only thing that's wrong with them is they have a lot of energy. Uh, You know, I I knew a boy that was friends with my my children who was taking Adderall and other ADHD drugs when he was young because his mother was concerned that he was too hyperactive. And this is a common trait in young boys. And I remember talking about this in the 70s. What I didn't know is that Dr. Fauci was responsible for changing the language in the DSM, in some cases having a lot of influence on psychotherapy. He's a, he's a take two pills and call me in the morning guy. His solution to everything is chemicals. His solution to every problem is that we'll come up with a drug and you'll take it and it'll take all your problems away. Except when it came with COVID. Uh, from COVID was different. This is something that has to be told. We cannot forget what happened during those dark months. Many states are still... To this day. In fact, society at large is still at this day trying to recover from the wound that was inflicted by Dr. Fauci, the World Health Organization, the CDC, the NIH, Paul, Peter Dasick uh, over at his group. All of these people, we gave them trust. We trusted these people. And they lied to us repeatedly and even to this day, they deny their culpability in all of this, and they refuse to tell us the truth. Now, tomorrow, and we'll play some audio from the first go-around when Rand Paul was grilling Fauci, but listen to this. This is Dr. Anthony Fauci, and he's talking about the, the need to shut down society, the need to walk away from our liberties and our freedoms for the greater good. But you are a member of society. And as a member of society, reaping all the benefits of being a member of society, you have a responsibility to society. And I think each of us, particularly in the context of a pandemic that's killing millions of people, you have got to look at it and say there comes a time when you do have to give up what you consider your individual right of making your own decision for the greater good of society. Yeah. And that is uh, the way a global globalist looks at it. That's the way that Bill Gates looks at it. That's the way uh, Petros Gabriel Jesus of the world health organization looks at it, that you have to be willing to give up your rights to protect The greater good. But the problem was that the medicine was worse than the disease. Statistically, that you have a one in eight hundred chance from getting some kind of an adverse effect from the vaccines, the mRNA vaccines, specifically, Moderna and Pfizer. This is according to the CDC's own research. And also you can read it in Robert Kennedy's book, The Real Anthony Fauci. But there were two things specifically that Fauci did that ended up causing great havoc and inflicted uh, beyond the pale harm. One was that he denied that there were other therapies available that could treat people who contacted COVID-19, even when it was in Delta form. If you remember, there was the original strain, then there was Delta. Delta was actually a stronger strain, which many uh, uh, biologists, including Robert Malone, Dr. Malone, and Dr. Peter McCulloch, who have said that the virus adapted to the vaccines and we got Delta and Delta was a much more powerful and frightening version. If that thing had lingered, we probably all would have been a lot of trouble. But the problem wasn't the vac- the, the virus itself. The, the problem was that we weren't allowing our doctors to treat people who had COVID. We were sending them home and telling them to come back when their oxygen levels were low, which would be an indicator that their lungs, the cytokine storms that would develop as a reaction of trying to fight this virus and the spike proteins. These are all things that we heard about in rapid fire procession, and, and we didn't have enough time to absorb it. But I but I took the time to download the articles and archive them and report on them through a podcast called The Coronavirus Update, and I still do. But it's interesting because we've shifted. We've shifted away from the virus itself, vaccines. And now we're treating symptoms from those who have taken the vaccine. And one one sparkling bit of good news is that the number of people that are having adverse effects to the vaccine has actually dropped significantly. And that's because fewer and fewer people are feeling the need to go get vaccinated because of Omicron. Omicron is basically turned COVID into a, a seasonal flu. They're still pushing the vaccines, but if you listen carefully, when you see the, the Pfizer commercials, there's one now where they have various artists, actors that are telling us, don't get, don't forget, you can go get your vaccine. You don't want to deal with COVID. But they're at, uh, offering different therapies now to treat people who come in and say, I think I've got COVID. But in the, in the first few months when this thing was spreading like wildfire throughout the country, and promulgated by the lie of the vaccine test. The, you remember the PCR tests that were completely unreliable. One st- statistic said that they were only 40% correct. And I won't get into all that, but, you know, we, we basically were hearing about the rising cases of COVID. And this was alarming everybody into going to get the shots. And Biden shows up and makes it, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the pandemic of the unvaccinated and all this. And People were being shamed. I mean, in our own family, how about yours? In your family, did you have people that wouldn't call you, wouldn't let you see your children, wouldn't let you see your grandchildren because you didn't get vaccinated? Those were horrible, horrible times. We were were neighbors turned against neighbors. It was like a bad episode of The Twilight Zone, fighting off an invisible culprit known as COVID. And we were all, I, I felt that way. And there was a moment during the lockdown when I looked outside and I said, man, this is about as close as I ever want to get to, you know, the apocalypse. I actually thought this could be the end of society. I'd never felt that way before. Maybe you felt that way as well. And, and the idea that all of it is being obfuscated by the media uh, when they came out last week, the both the Energy Department and some other agency, I think it was the FBI, and they had low to middle confidence that it probably came from a lab, which opens up a whole bunch of other questions. Uh, but we were told, just be quiet. Don't say anything. Just take your vaccine and shut up. And that's how we got to where we are today. And so tomorrow begins, hopefully, a reckoning. If our Congress and our Republican senators can do their job, hopefully people like Dr. Anthony Fauci will be behind bars. There comes a time when you do have to give up what you consider your individual right of making your own decision for the greater good of society. You know, one thing I think that we need to start doing more, which we don't do enough, welcome back to Speaking Out, America. I'm JR, your host. If you want to reach me via email, it's easy to do. SpeakingOutAmerica at gmail.com. SpeakingOutAmerica at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me pretty much that way, and I'll answer any of your questions. But one thing that we don't do enough, and I realized this, I was watching, uh, Dennis Prager is one of my favorite. In fact, I think he's a prophet. You know, in reading up a little bit on some of the Old Testament prophets, what I understand is that each one of those prophets down through the ages, it was always a moral battle that they were fighting. It was always the country people fighting the city people. Uh, you had the Canaanites who were the city people, and you had the Israelites who were the herders and shepherds, and they they had a different set of values. And and, and, and in, in many ways, and I'm sure theologians will probably argue with me on this point, but uh, it's always been a contest between the city folk and the and the rural folk, and they have a different set of values. And today we see this playing out with progressivism in major U.S. cities like New York, Los Angeles, so forth, right? And then we have the rural people, or what Hillary Clinton refers to us as the uh, the deplorables, and we have a different set of values. Whether it's abortion, whether it's critical race theory, whether it's lesbian, gay, LGBTQ, you see how the different value systems play out. But one thing that I learned, and I caught an old video, it's like 10 years old from Dennis Prager, uh, and he's giving a speech at a small college in Colorado, and he talks about the difference between standards and the heart. Uh, and and standards is what, you, what generationally you preserve as being trial and error. So we know, for example, that the family unit, the standard of the family unit is sacrosanct, to any society. And I wrote about it today in an article you'll find on my website, speakingout.com, uh, speakingoutamerica.com, where I talk about the 12 indicators of American society and where we're headed and what's wrong, what is broken. And these are indicators that our society is breaking down. and And one of the key components of any society, history tells us, is the standard of good families. Good families are cohesive. They are the bedrock that holds the threads of society together, where we teach each other the important values in the home. And now family is under assault, or the standard of the traditional uh, traditional family. Um, and this is what's playing out. So nothing's changed in, you know, 4,500 years. And That's why I say I think Dennis Prager is is a prophet because all of those prophets were basically torchbearers of morality and ethics, and the importance, and they stem from uh, the creator that endowed us with these ideas of more morality of having a moral con- a conscience, or having even morality at all. But anyway, so today's fight is 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 for standards versus people who who make all of their decisions from the heart. And what we don't do as conservatives is we don't boo enough. You know, here's a clip. This was a Mariners ball game. I think it was like the year before last. Dr. Anthony Fauci threw out the first pitch, and here's the response that he got from the people in the crowd. This was this was a Mariners Seattle Mariners baseball game. I mean, this is the guy who supposedly saved everybody, right? Yeah, Anthony Fauci throwing out the first. The whole place erupted in booing. That's what we don't do enough. Republicans, conservatives, we need to show up and boo people. I mean, that's an effective. I thought about that. That's a very effective tool. That is probably the oldest form of protest in man's history. The boo, the big boo. And we need to boo more. We need to show up and boo. Uh, wouldn't it be a great way to tell people we don't like you? Imagine if people would show up at a Biden event and start booing him. You know? Or what if instead of people showing up, you know, on the steps of the Supreme Court, uh, let's boo when Alexandria or Cassio Cortez starts to talk to us. Let's just boo her. yeah so anyway, that's my my I think that would get us on the right track. We need to boo more. Quit sitting with our hands you know under our you know that expression. Let's stop pretending that these people are gonna wake up one day. When you see a, a drag queen you know library event, we all as parents should show up and start booing them. What's wrong with that? Anyway, so I woke up this morning and think about that for a minute. You know, the power of the booing. There's no greater way for humanity to express its discontent and its distaste. And if we would show up more and boo people, we could start a trend. You know, we did it in the stadiums with uh, FJB. You remember that? Okay, so I got to talk a little bit about the January 6th uh, tapes that Tucker Carlson had played. And the outrage on social media was unbelievable. Everybody on the planet was blaming uh, Mitch McConnell. They were called Schumer, Chuck Schumer, was calling for, you know, Tucker Carlson to be fired and that there was no way that Rupert Murdoch would, would allow this to happen. And it was so comical. I'm, these people are outraged. They're, they're accusing, was it Whoopi Goldberg was accusing uh, Tucker Carlson of pulling a George Orwell, like he was trying to recreate history in his own image. Well, that's what the Democrats have been doing for the past two years. They literally took all of the video and turned it into a 60-minute drama uh, with the help of the ABC producer who produced all of it. They took all the right angles. They overdubbed audio that wasn't there. They took audio shots of the Capitol that don't have any microphones hooked up, and they added audience sound effects. They uh, deleted some text. They showed others. They highlighted text. There was the text that Liz Cheney was reading, and she only read the part where Trump was telling people to go over to the Capitol. But they didn't mention, even though you could read it full screen, where it said, a peaceful demonstration. Let's go over there and be peaceful, is what Trump said. But that never made, that ended up on the cutting room floor. So you could see that from the very beginning of the January 6th commission hearings, it was all theater. It was complete 100% theater. And many of the claims, uh, that Cassidy woman who claimed that Trump lurched over the seat to grab the steering wheel and demanded that he be taken to the Capitol, And, and we had two FBI agents come out and say that never happened. So the whole thing was theater. So I applaud what's happening here, and it really shows the true colors of the Democrats' Uh, in our country, because even people who are sitting at home and they're watching what's happening on ABC News or NBC or wherever they get, they're looking at this and they're 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 understanding what's happening. Truly, they're understanding what's happening because what's happening is the Democrats are so afraid that people are going to find out that all of it was a sham, when most of us already know it, and they they're completely beside themselves. They can't stop. They're going to try to pull out every uh, trick in the book to discredit not only Tucker, but anybody who watches Tucker. And that's what this is all about. It's it's a disinformation campaign of the highest order. It truly is. The The left-wing media came out. I, I saw one of the reporters this morning on Good Morning America talking about how this is an outrage. She's a reporter, and she's showing outrage. And it's it's... <laughs> Well, it's enjoyable to watch, that's for sure. Speaking Out America will continue in just a moment. Well, I'm going to tell this to you because, frankly, the the mainstream media won't tell you and proving once again that Speaking Out America is ahead of the curve. But there's a story out. A Zero Hedge, Coordinated Media Hoax Campaign, Russia Blast, New York Times Report on Nord Stream, Monstrous Crime. So here's here's in a nutshell what happened. There was an article that was uh, published. Seymour Hirsch, who's an award-winning journalist, had a bombshell report that was published uh, February 8th, which concluded that we were complicit in the Nord Stream pipeline explosion that, that occurred you might recall uh, last year, and it completely disrupted the energy going into Europe from Russia. And this was before the war broke out in Ukraine. So this was predates Putin invading Russia. And Seymour Hersh was discredited. Everybody said, no, it's not true. And then just yesterday... Anonymous sources called the New York Times and said that it was likely pro-Ukraine, possibly government-trained Ukrainians or Russian nationalists or some combination of the two, but they emphasized no American or British nationals were involved. That's the report from the New York Times, the nation's paper of record. In response to that, Mikhail Podolyak, advisor to the head of President Zelensky's office, said, quote, Ukraine has nothing to do with the incident in the Baltic Sea and has no information about so-called pro-Ukrainian subversive groups. And that should not be a surprise, as the report goes on multiple times to claim that there's, quote, no evidence so far of the Ukrainian government's complicity in the attacks on the pipelines. That would be a hot potato, wouldn't it? Now, Russia responded. Andrei Ledenev, minister-counselor of the Russian embassy in the United States, said the report served to protect the true culprits behind the attack. Quote, We have no faith in the impartiality of the conclusions of the U.S. intelligence. We perceive anonymous leaks are nothing more than an attempt to confuse those who are sincerely trying to get to the bottom of things in this egregious crime. Shift the blame from the statesmen who ordered and coordinated the attacks in the Baltic Sea to some abstract individuals, Ledenev said. Kremlin Press Secretary Dmitry Peskov said the New York Times story had, quote, instantly got a green light in the local information field and was intended to distract from the facts presented in Hirsch's piece. Quote, obviously, those who have masterminded the Nord Stream attack want to divert attention. Obviously, this is a coordinated media hoax campaign. Now, let me unravel this a little bit for you. What would the implication be if the United States had planned to blow up Russia's pipeline into Europe? That's a pretty big Deal, I would think, that would be that, that. That's a terrorist attack sponsored by you and me, the U.S. taxpayer. Now let me tell you how it happened. Jake Sullivan got the idea, and he presented it to. to and this was in Seymour Hersh's article. That uh, that the only way to prevent Germany, and perhaps other NATO countries. From not opposing a a Russian invasion would be to make sure that they weren't compromised by the fact that Russia was providing a source of energy for Europe. That if Russia was allowed to produce and send energy, gas, fossil fuels, whatever, natural gas, oil through those Nord Stream pipelines, then Europe would not be as reticent of standing up to Russia because they would stand to lose their energy. It's simple. And that's in Jake Sullivan's mind. So the only possible solution is to destroy the Nord Stream pipeline, which is what they did, according to Seymour Hersh. That would be grounds for a war because we have attacked a foreign country's property, for lack of a better word. And we did it for a strategic reason, to cut off the supply of of oil to Europe so that they wouldn't be dependent on Russia. Now, bear in mind that the reason that Russia can be in a position where it could provide energy to Europe is because the Americans have cut off the spigot in their own country in order to fight climate change. So basically, Europe gets screwed either way because Europe can't produce a lot of its energy especially now when the environment in Europe is everything related to fossil fuels is bad and we need to start going and only using sustainable energy like solar and wind. But those are problematic because those only produce maybe 7 to 10, maybe 12% of the energy that people need to survive. And this is why all of a sudden coal became popular again in Germany during the winter months. And firewood, too. So we we sort of created another another problem, right? More carbon going into the air. So now the United States is trying to, again, obfuscate the truth and use misinformation. Well, in this case, this would be disinformation uh, to take the spotlight off of Jake Sullivan and the Biden White House, because what they did is tantamount. I think some people could view that as a declaration of war, if it could ever be proven. And that's what's freaking out the White House, because if their fingerprints are all over this, then Putin had every right to invade Ukraine, because the whole premise of invading Ukraine was because NATO wanted to bring Ukraine into the fold, and this is deemed a threat by Putin. And this is what our government does, and it's so crazy, it's all wrapped around this, you know, this crazy notion of climate change, and oh, I've got a good one for you. But just let that gel for a minute, because What we're talking about here is our government doing these things on our behalf, instigating world wars. Why are we doing this? Why is our White House doing this? Because they're selfish, that's why. Because of what we talked about yesterday, the military-industrial complex, the money that's involved, the power that's involved. We don't give a damn about the Ukrainian family. I don't think Americans lose sleep at night thinking about what happens in Ukraine just like we don't think about what happens in Yemen. We're now it's Somalia. Now we're over in Somalia. And one thing that I found very appealing about Trump, he didn't feel like he had to go meddle in other people's affairs. I I I I've grew up hearing about the constant meddling of people's affairs everywhere. And it just America has lost its moral ground. We're supposed to be a beacon of liberty, not of of conspiracy military operations, covert operations designed to topple governments, which is what we, uh, it's been our foreign policy since post-World War II. And uh, as the example of yesterday, now we have Samantha Powers over in Hungary trying to establish democracy in a country that's already democratic and try to help journalism and media. and, And, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to get control of it. Now, I do want to get back to that Uh, issue about climate change, because it is important. But before I do, let me just tell you the reason that America is on the decline, according to my article, which I posted today. Here are 12 signs that things are not going good in America. Number one, we're lowering our educational standards. Number two, crime rate is soaring, proof. Uh, Homelessness soaring in the top 10 U.S. cities, bar none. There's not one top 10 U.S. city that hasn't seen at least a 10% increase in the number of homeless in the last two years, a lot of that having to do with COVID, which was, again, decisions we made here at home. Rising housing costs are forcing young adults to live with parents. We talked about that yesterday. Low childbirth rates, deteriorating city infrastructures. How many, how many uh, trains do we get to see go off the track this week? I just saw another one today. Just And you could tell these old, feeble, rusted trains, they're just not like they used to be. So our infrastructure is falling apart around us. Uh, the loosening of moral standards, uh, increased abortions, fewer people working due to uh, menial, uh, you know, the jobs are not there. Our, our, people, our, our, our labor force is not educated enough, so we have to go to other countries and get people who are smarter than our own American citizens to do jobs like coding. Uh, the supply chains... They're in disarray, thanks to the incredible leadership of Peter Buttigieg. Raw materials aren't getting distributed quickly enough. It's causing prices to go up, inflation. And finally, there's just simply more waste because we're just consuming, consuming, consuming. And it's not so much an attack on the United States. It's just to point it out because if we know what the problem is, maybe we can fix it. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Welcome back to Speaking Out America. I'm your host, JR. One of the things that we'll talk a lot about on this program is climate change. Uh, I'm one of the few voices of reason out there. Uh, Most people have just either given up fighting against this idea of carbon-based climate change, Uh, and a lot of people just it's not the fight they want to fight, but they don't realize the implications of the climate change ideology. It's a, it is a cult. And it has scared young people into not having children. The, the amount of propaganda out there that reinforces this imaginary concern, this boogeyman of epic proportions, is all based on a lie. Again, I'm telling you, this is why we do this show, because there are so many lies. I'm just tired of it. I, it, You know, when you look back, if you don't teach children critical thinking skills when they're young, and then you fill that with ideas about environmental justice uh, and the world coming to an end, I mean, what's walking around in Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's head is that if she doesn't do something, the, the earth is going to end this is why when you watch the news, when you see them say, or you hear them say, another record, another record, they always go with, oh, it's just another way. And, and it's just oh, why are they pushing this agenda? The agenda is ultimately going to end civilization if we continue on this path of thinking that now, uh, let me <laughs> let me make this very clear. I, I, I want clean air, water, and, uh, and energy. Uh, we just installed solar panels on our house because the energy company is rising their rates so much to make us pay for their research into, uh, renewables that it's just better now. Since I live in a state that produces so much sunshine, I might as well try to tap into it to, you know, offset what the energy companies want to charge me anyway, if I use their energy. So this is just a way for me to compromise I don't think that I could live off the sun. If you tried to barbecue a chicken on a grill using either charcoal or sunshine, I can guarantee you I'll be eating my chicken before you eat yours. But the lie persists, and it's all tied to carbon credits and having control over energy. Energy is is fundamental to everything else on the planet. And the sheer idea that all of these so-called experts who have based their careers on climate change being caused by anthropomorphic activity uh, they're compromising science and scientific integrity because there's nothing on the planet that proves the following from our friends over at abc disney
1: In mine as the first day of spring is just around the corner so is allergy season and there's a new report that says allergy season it's getting longer in places across the country. Is that true, Ginger? It is true. It's something we've been looking at with human induced climate change amplifying what naturally is warming across our planet. And now this new report shows that allergy season is getting longer in more than 170 U.S. cities.
0: Okay, so let me just tell you you're watching, you're listening to GMA, Ginger Z, and uh, Robin Roberts talking about climate change now. And because of climate change, the the season of spring is starting earlier by 20 days on average around the world. And because of that, more pollen, which means that guess what? You're going to have to run to the store and get your little pollen medicine. Already
1: seeing the pollen pile up this year. These pictures from South Carolina. It's been one of the warmest winters on record for millions east of the Rockies. And a group.
0: I mean, and they're saying this while uh, Northern California and Reno, in specific, Lake South Lake Tahoe. Are buried under twelve feet of snow, and they're talking about spring coming, coming early. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Climate Central looked at temperatures across more than two hundred cities, and they. Climate
0: ha- Central, by the way, is a is a taxpayer funded organization that works for the government, and they go get, All they do is they count carbon and they add up a bunch of numbers, and that they look for record, you know, trends. And but let me just let them continue with the propaganda.
1: That freeze-free season lengthened by more than two weeks since 1970. So that'll do it. Take a place like Reno, Nevada. They've seen their growing season expand by 99 days.
0: And that's bad news. The, the, The fact that we're having less freezing is actually great news. It's actually a good, it means the weather is better. Things die when it's cold. They like it when it's warm. You know, has, has anybody over at Climate Central ever paused to consider the, the biofeedback mechanism that now that there are more mouths to feed, we're producing more carbon, and that carbon is actually producing more vegetation and more food? Maybe it's a, bios- a, a, a self-acting biosystem. Maybe it's a good thing that things are warming up a little bit. Uh, I seem to remember being told that in the 1300s, during that period of climate change, they were growing tomatoes in Norway, and everybody was celebrating. They were they were celebrating the sun gods. That's why Stonehenge was built, for God's sakes. It was a tribute to the fact that there were great growing seasons uh, for the Druids or whoever built those things. I think is, things are 5,000 years old, so there was w- w- planetary warming back then. What caused it? maybe we're not causing anything. But they're pushing this climate agenda and as a repercussion of our doing, this is what they're saying it's because it's our fault that the days are getting warmer and it's causing more of us to have to sneeze.
1: 1970, that's one of the you know, biggest. And then this year, leaf out as we call it, is up to 20 days early from Indianapolis to Philadelphia, one of the earliest springs on record for many. What does this mean to you? Your seasonal and mold allergies are going to be earlier and last longer because plants just have more time to release all their irritants. I know All
0: their irritants? You mean like, oh, I don't know, oxygen? Listen, folks, the premise that climate change is bad, A, 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 a nice sunny day, it's warm outside, you're not freezing, but that's bad. It's not good. Isn't that strange? But I want to talk about the placebo effect because the placebo effect is a way of making a suggestion to people and they've seen it in all kinds of studies that if you make a suggestion to people over and over, they start to believe it. And then their body starts to act as if they really have that affliction. And it's, it's absolutely verifiable. So right now what ABC News is basically doing at the behest of the pharmaceutical companies who sell all these products that help us fight things like allergies, which is really, it's, it's, a, it's an immunosuppressing uh, cocktail it basically, your, your allergies are your body's response to foreign bodies trying to invade. Your nostrils, the hair in your nostrils, they're, they're there to protect from small particles that might try to invade or enter the body. And when there's pollen and things like that that are moving around in the air, some of those things may not be good for your body. So your body's natural defense system is to sneeze or to have a runny nose to build up the mucus to absorb these microscopic particles that are trying to get in. And what's the answer? Go get an immunosuppression uh, Benadryl or something that basically turns your immunity off so that you don't sneeze. People don't tell you that because God knows it's uncomfortable to sneeze because that would mean that your immune system is actually working. I have another theory. Maybe the vaccines have weakened our immune system, and that's why people are, are sneezing and coughing and heaving more. And it has nothing to do with climate change or record-setting days. And I think it's preposterous that these guys would sit here and tell us that Reno is warming when people are practically starving to death in their homes because they can't get out because they're snowed in. These people just won't stop.
1: It's to hard, Is yeah. so. it really tough for a lot of folks? I'm already feeling it. Yeah. 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 Are you really... so Leaf out, that means that's when the I'm leaves I'm already come.
0: feeling it, they say. Venomal. Can you believe that? I'm already feeling it. See, just the power of suggestion. And... and you know that the pharmaceutical companies, Pfizer, Bristol-Myers, what's that, uh, Quib, Quib, I can't remember, Moderna, they all make these medicines for people like you that buy into the climate change argument. And there's nowhere in the international, uh, what is that, the IPOCC report that says that there are more allergies now because of anthropogenic Climate change. There's nothing that says there's anything about tornadic activity increasing because of climate change. They can't prove it. All their all they're banking this whole situation on is one thing: carbon. Right now, there are four hundred carbon molecules per billion in our atmosphere. And there's a lot more water, or H two O. There's a lot more uh, moisture. There are at least five different other gases that are much higher content than carbon. So why is carbon singled out? You know, we've interviewed experts on this program. I know I have a uh, guy Mitchell being one of them who, who wrote a great book last year about the climate hoax. Carbon is not the main driver of weather water is, and three quarters of the planet is covered with water. You know, there is a trending, a warm trend. There would be because the last ice age ended 10,000 years ago and we continually warm, and then guess what? In another 20, maybe 30, 40,000 years ago, it'll start to get cold, and we could slide right back into another ice age, and then the glaciers will start to advance. Right now, they're still in retreating mode. So it's a cyclical event tied to solar activity, tied to water disbursement, wind currents, all these other factors that are not included in the IPCC report. The only thing they looked at are the rising of carbon molecules in the air and a warming trend that occurred between 1970 and 1990. And we have not really, I, they'll tell you how oh, you know, we've increased our temperature to 1.5 degrees Celsius. That's the global mean temperature. But the problem with that is, and it's a simple one, is that we don't really know what the global mean temperature is. How could we? What spots are they looking at? Where do they have these meters? It's a lot different in Australia than it is in Ireland. How do you find out what a global mean temperature is when you have up to a million variables? Instead, they'd like to just fill the the airways with propaganda to get us afraid so they can control us and they can control our energy and they can tell us what's good for us. So with that in mind, I'll cut it here. We'll do it again tomorrow. Again, uh, if you want to reach me for any questions you might have on the program... Easy enough. Speaking out America at gmail.com. I'm JR.